Oh no, now the knee. Oh, what? Well, that was that. Manu, what's he done there? He sold the dummy with a knee injury. It's a fake knee injury. Manu set up a throw for Bobrovsky. It's the next tackle. He gets an offload. He goes back and gets the football. Probably feels a cramp coming on in the back of his calf. Oh. And then just <laughs> takes off. Oh, what a beauty. So. You pick which has been the better moment. The bloke kicking the ball back from the traffic at the southern end, or Manu, the cramp, the fibber, and takes off to set up a trial. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Got to love that intro. I know I've got Glenn, Glenn there smiling in the background, so love it. Love oh, that yeah, intro. I love that yeah, I, I wasn't going to change it this year, but I decided against it. I think I love that. It'll... I think I owned him at the time, and I was like, "Oh, don't don't penalise him. Let him give, give him the points." So yeah, I owned him too. Yeah. yeah all right. As we've already started and already digressed, so we probably should get the intro going properly. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, welcome back, ladies and gents, to another episode of the Chipper Coach Tragics Podcast. I'm your host Dan. With me tonight, as per usual, we got Glenn, mate. Welcome back. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome. How was your week, mate? I know you're a busy man. How was your week? Yeah, it's been a good one, yeah, and a busy one. As I said, I'm doing some filming tomorrow, so it's been a lot happening and a lot to happen. So, yeah, it's been good. I'm so looking forward to some footy, though. Yeah, definitely. Maybe some trials starting soon. Looking forward to that. So, And also tonight we have Broad, the cashy cashman Broad. The, um, hopefully we can hear him better this week. He had a pretty shocker last week. How are you going, Broad? Yeah, well, hopefully it's the only shock that I have this year, uh, super coach related. So let's... Uh, Let's get into it and have some fun, eh? What do you mean, hopefully, then, you shock? If you got, like, a decent a score, a decent score, that would be a shock to me. So that's a good shock. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> we'll get My there. second, mate. <laughs> pretty sure I met you last year, Glenn. Uh, no, I don't think you did. We're <laughs> uh, uh, already starting with the banter. Love it. Yeah, what happened to BBL? I'll be past that. Oh, uh, broad smashed you after round one. Yeah, that, that, I remember him saying at round one. He wrote it under everything on Facebook how good he was doing, and then it just died from there on. Oh, but, no. I mean, it was my worst season as well. I got a thousand. I've never been a thousand any year. So, like, I, did, you know. I didn't like BBL from the start. I didn't like anything about it this year. I didn't like the short and no, I didn't no. either. To be fair. Yeah, no, I, I, I had a, my, probably my worst season too. In saying that, I can't really complain about two and a half thousand, considering I started around twelve thousand. So, but enough yeah. about BBL guys. We're here to talk rugby league. Have some, have some beers and talk super coach rugby league. So, first thing first, guys, we'll start off. We want to, if you guys want to join the Tragics overall league, group code is eight one eight five nine two. Jump in, guys. It's free to enter. Jump in and you have a chance to win one of these amazing Supercoach Champions rings. Uh, if the, for the YouTube viewers, you can see it right there. It looks amazing. Um, if you guys are interested in getting one of these rings for yourself, go to supercoachchampion.com. Use code TRAGICS to get a 10% discount. Uh, honestly, guys, it's about five bucks each in a 20-man 20, 20, league. And yeah, just chuck it in and have a little great prize. I've got a couple of these is lying around my house at the moment so i'm pretty sure i stole one of them off broad but um i'll, I'll claim it still um and next we want to talk our stats provider of choice guys is going to be nrl fantasy pro uh you're going to see some pretty cool stats we're going to show in the next few days and next few weeks and over the whole season 
Um, so guys, jump in. Um, the guys here are awesome. If there's a stat here that you want and you don't see, which I find very unlikely, but if you do have a stat that you really want to see, I think there's even a stat there, guys, for like Heinz scores with wet hair. I'm pretty sure that's crazy. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, and if there is, but there, like I said, if there is a stat that you really want and you can't see, reach out to the guys on their Facebooks and their socials, and they will chuck it in there. They're really approachable guys. But if you want to join up, guys, use Tragics Ten as your code, receive ten percent off your first year subscription. And before we get started, one last thing: cash comps are in there, bro. I'll chuck to you, mate. Cash comps, how are we going? Yeah, going going pretty good. Uh, a couple spots left in. 500, uh, 200. I think we've sold out of 100s, uh, 50s. We you know went up to our third or fourth league. Um, heaps of 20s open, and then obviously as always, overalls, last man stands, um, and our great little five dollar knockout that we run every year. Um, they're all open and unlimited. So looking for our biggest year. So if you want to get in, I mean we still got a 20 odd days. So don't be scared. Jump in and let's have some fun. I was going to say, Tragics are running the cash comps also in the Supercoach Hub now. So for those that don't know, and like Tragics is the biggest um, cash comps of all of the of, of Supercoach. How much money you paid out now around? Uh, right? I paid out 130. We're looking looking to hopefully, you know, probably go 30 or 40 this year. Um, so it should be a good time. Uh, Obviously, annoying to set up, but it's safe for everybody, and uh, yeah. we'll pay out. You know, two weeks after uh, max after the season's done. So, nice. Yeah, there's a reason why we're the biggest guys, and that's just because I think we're the most trusted um, group of us come together after some unfortunate circumstances with cash comps, and we decided that we wanted to be able to enter them ourselves and have a trustworthy way of doing it. And this is what we did. And it started off very small and now it's massive. So, yeah. um, and, and when Brod says 30, 40, he means 30, 40,000. That's, that's how big it is, guys. So, yeah. alrighty, let's get started, guys. I'll remove all that off the screen. Uh, however, if we do, if you didn't did miss the, um, the group code, it is going to be scrolling across the bottom of the screen every five seconds. So you will see that for our YouTube viewers. All right, guys, let's get started. So this week, we're going to talk, and this week and the our pre-season ones are going to be a bit different to what you've probably heard on most podcasts. We feel like there's some great content out there on other podcasts, but other podcasts, we, we want it to be a bit different to get some different information. So we're going to have our little segments called Getting the Best Start. So this week, we're going to focus on who we think in each position is going to have the most points until round six. Um, yeah. And then next week, we're going to look at the most value and the week after that, we had the best pods. Um, and yeah, so we're going to start with that. And then just try, I think we, if we focus on those three things, points, value, and the best pods, you will get off to the best start. If you get them all right, you will have the best start. So, um, all right, we'll start off with the hooker position. Glenn, go with you first, mate. Who do you think, out of all the players in the hooker position, is going to score the most points before round six? Well, this one will probably shock people, but I actually think Reese Robertson. Um, based on that draw, it's a good chance. I mean, I think Harry Grant will outscore him, but I think points per dollar, Robson's your man. So I'm going Robson. Yeah, I should probably preface this by saying there will be some unusual names put out here because Grant does have a buy within that first six rounds as well, so that's one less game. 
So Grant may average more. Grant may average a bit more, but I think you're right. I think um, personally, um, I actually picked the same player. So it might have shocked everyone else, but when you look deep into the stats and you look at, um, I made comments last week about Robson normally getting a slow start to the season. And that was the case when we did the previous and pods last year. I looked a bit deeper into the stats using NRL Fantasy Pro and I've discovered that last last year he started off quite nice. He actually started off 80 minutes all the way through the season. So, Glenn? Yeah, I just wanted to say, so Robson, he's 561K. We've got this up on our Super Coach stats, which is absolutely amazing to put in a player's name and we can just get everything we need from there. So their games that they're playing, Newcastle, Dragons, Brisbane, Gold Coast and Hooker in those first five games, uh, yeah, that's what all I want to say. And uh, and they, he averaged fifty seven point one, so he's priced at uh, and he's priced at fifty five. <clears throat> and uh, the thing to note about Robson, as you just said a minute ago, is he plays every round, including round thirteen, which means mm. you can just set forget and he'll play you through that buy round, and then you can upgrade to someone like Grant. It's risky, but I, I'm doing it. Yeah, I think um, one thing people are going to do if you, if you start with Grant, which is not no arguments there, starting with Grant. When he has that buy early in the rounds, you're not trading him out. It's one game. You're not going to trade him out. So you're going to have a big hit that week when you have your other one, who whether it be Braley or whatever, can do a decent score for you. But you're going to miss out on those points. And if you get a Braley, you get like a 40, 50 points. And then Reese Robson can... I think Reese Robson, at the start of the season, will average just above 60. So I think he, even potentially even higher. And that's worth it for me. Yeah. Broad, mate, anyone else? Anyone different, mate? Uh, I should go one of my uh, cheapies, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, I've I've looked at Robson, um, but obviously, again, it just comes down to those, down to the TLT, but I think he will be your best one in that time. Um, so I think we're all on the same page for this one. When I did this, I was a bit shocked that I thought, like, this was what I'm picking. No one else will pick him, surely. And then everyone's everyone's picked him. <laughs> I, I think one worth mentioning is JMK if he stays fit. Um, but he does have a buy round three. So like Grant, you know, I think he's a ride on the money with Robson. I mean, mm. I picked him, you picked him. We've all seen the same thing. Yeah. I, I personally think that Harry Grant and JMK will be the highest averaging players yeah. in the first six rounds. But they did have that one less game. Um, yeah. And I, I, there's, there's one player that I want to mention that I think has a chance, and he was like neck and neck with me when it comes to the highest point score after six rounds, and that was Damien Cook. The reason why I went Robson, I think Cook's draw is a little bit tougher. So, and that was the reason why I went with um, with Robson. Yeah. Any other players have mentioned here before we move on to the front row? No. Uh, I think they're much covered, mate. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Front row forwards, guys. I think we're all going to be in sync in this one. I'll start with you this time, Rod. In sync. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be Haas. Yeah. Let's go. Hands down. Um, hopefully, obviously, his little ankle injury or what he had will be fine. Um, they seem like they're going over to America with a with a fair, fairly good uh, time frame to adjust. So... I just think he's yeah he's just I mean I mean I do like Tino but again one game less, um, but Tino does have that that chance probably to to get more of those attacking points in the try, 
um, which I like. Oh, oh, you know, but as we said last week, I will be starting with both. So, yeah, I think um, I think what we, rather than being the ankle injury that everyone's talking about, that's going to be the worry. I think it's going to be if someone in the Las Vegas steps on his shoes. That's my theory. You might get in trouble. <laughs> that might be what causes his grief. Uh, Glenn, mate, we'll go to you, mate. How you? How are you seeing it? Yeah, well, I had Hass too. I mean, he's got no buy right up to round 13, which means he goes uninterrupted. Um, but I do like Tino's upside. So, you know, I I definitely think that Hass is the, the player, though. Yeah, I think um, consistently scoring those – they're not mediocre scores. They're above average scores, consistently scoring those. When you will get Tino that will score a big score, then a medium score, then a big score, then a medium score. These big scores can be massive. Um, yeah. But I think the consistency of hitting those 80 plus scores from Haas will get that average up there. I think in the end, though, I think in the end, probably towards the end of the season, Tino and Haas will probably average about similar. So um, potentially the same. But I think um, you've got to get him on the right week. So. All righty. We'll move on to the second row, Glenn. I've got two here, but I'm going to um, have to pick one. I have to pick one. But you go first, mate. Yeah, I've got a few here that I couldn't um, – I've got one that's kind of out of the box, which is Elise Katoa. Um, I, I actually have him in my team, and uh, but they do have a, a buy round four, um, so that's the only issue there. And, but I want to throw another one in that's going to shock people, which is Kaloa Matangi. Uh, he's playing on the left edge this year for the um, Rabbits, and uh, I think Kaloa Matangi, and, and then obviously David Fafida in the Titans with a fucking beautiful draw. But, um, yeah, so they're the three. But the one yeah. I like is Katoa. And an honourable yeah. mention for Lane next to Brown. Yeah. I, I'll say one thing, though. Um, I, I think um, even with that game, if, if, if the feed is fit, even with one less game, he still has a chance to outscore him after six rounds. I, I, yeah. I reckon he is a freak. Yeah. Uh, Broad, mate, how, how are you looking for second row? Um. Yeah, I've obviously um, probably like those ones, but you know, to to th- to throw one out, you know, there's obviously Hopgood if he gets those minutes back, where he lost at the end of the year. Um, we all know that what he can do, um, and you know, probably Ola Kawatu, even though he's got a buy. Um, obviously, uh, with Turbo back. We all know yeah. what can happen. You know, if he stays fit, even those five games, Olokowatu is one of those little little sneaky ones that I like. Yeah, me too. Well, so far, we've all been pretty vanilla up until the second row, and we've all done some kind of you know, outside-the-box thinking. You guys, you thought you were outside the box. I've gone a little bit way crazier than you guys. I've gone for a ceiling player that's not very consistent with an opening draw that's really good. And that's Jeremiah and Nanai. Um, okay. I think that draw is actually quite good. I think he has a decent ceiling on him. We know what he can do. It's whether he does it. Uh, I don't think he's very consistent, but I reckon if he does it, he can be that leading. Tra- and he's price points per dollar, if I'm in right and thinking what I can see he can do, it's value to the max. I think he's below four, 500,000. Um, yeah, right. I see a lot of so much value in the second row position, where I've got a lot of players that are under that five hundred thousand dollar mark who are potential guns for the first. Nanai, yeah, five eighty three, mate. Yeah, okay. yeah, not that much. 
So, um, and the other one I was thinking of is, I, I think um, it's a bit kind of risque, I guess, but it's because he's going to probably play from the bench, and that's Maddo. I think his consistency yeah. might get him a bit higher with the points. Well, I was thinking that when he said Hopgood before. I feel like Maddo, mm. I mean, he only plays 60 minutes, but what Maddo can do in 60 minutes is is phenomenal. I'm a huge Maddo fan. He's just so busy in the middle, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that whole, let's be honest, that whole Parramatta back line, depending who gets minutes. Yeah, um, workhorses. And yeah, they they could go anywhere, all three of those. Yeah, I've seen, I agree. I've seen, what, I've seen what Brad Arthur's been doing for the last few years now. He's been getting all these back rollers and making them extremely versatile. Chuck him in the middle and put him on the bench. You've seen players that are normally edge players now playing in the middle, and he's made all these all his second rollers. Uh, they could, you can chuck him in the middle, most of them, yeah. and they could play a decent lock roller in the front row, which means they have that work ethic and work um, and to be able to be those workhorses throughout. And also, every now and then, can chuck a try in there on the edge. So I think what Brad Arthur has been doing with that, Forwards has been amazing. The first thing I'll be doing when they name team list Tuesday, like I do every year, is I'll be going through the benches, and Parramatta's is one I'll be scouring through straight away because Hopgood at lock moves to front row and then Madison comes on into the lock position. Um, but last year at the end, that kind of changed or wavered a little bit with uh, Adu. Was it Greg? I can't remember which the forward was they brought into the bench that was taking those minutes off him. So uh, the bench will be a big... Uh, telling hopefully a tell for us as to which one of those we might look at or or consider. Yeah, and I think also when we do get closer to the TLTs and have the podcast before the TLTs, I think that's where we'll do a big focus on. I think, Glenn, I think we should um look at the benches yeah. and see what that means for everyone else, and that'll be our focus for the podcast for um the TLT matches. Well, I agree. There's a lot of people go over the teams and the cheapies and that sort of stuff, but nobody talks the benches through enough. And, mm. I, and I think well, people got to understand in Supercoach, sometimes a player on the bench playing 60 could be just as good value um, if you know their minutes are right, you know. So, absolutely. If Matto taught us one thing, a bench player can be bloody good. So Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. All right, we'll move on to the halfbacks, guys. Um I made everyone else go first, so I'm going to go first this time. And I've, gone, <laughs> I've gone a bit left field this time as well. Everyone's going to think about Cleary and Hines. And I think with that one less game for both of them, I think there's a potential chance with the opening draw that Mitch Moses actually is the top scorer after round six. So thoughts there, guys? Yeah, well, you know, that's who I've got. So I actually have Hines and Moses. So I actually think Moses, that draw is like, absolutely phenomenal. Let me just bring that up for you. Because um, his draw is really juicy. Apart from playing um, the Storm, I think it is in round two or Penrith, it might have been. They yeah, so Penrith. they play. Yeah, they play Canterbury. Then they play Penrith, Manly, West, Canberra, and then from memory, it's Manly again, and then Raiders, Tigers. Like it's a really good, juicy uh, opening draw, and I just think that um, that made me see enough to the money that I could save three hundred and thirty k, which mm. was a great. That means that I could do some pretty things elsewhere, and it's a risky one going without Cleary. But again, plays every game, uh, it's up until round nine, and uh, you know, hopefully, you've got a good night. You've got Hines as well, so you can rest him for that round. Play him up to round thirteen. He plays round thirteen, and then move him on. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and one thing you said before about that draw, the hardest game they've got is Penrith. That's what actually drew me to them because you see what Parramatta do against Penrith. They turn up during the, the season. 
So yeah. um, he, I know this. We're talking halfbacks now, but I had a look at the five eights earlier, and I saw that Dylan Brown has an average of like I think it's sixty seven against Penrith. It's just Parramatta yeah. just turn up for that derby. So I feel like Moses with the kicking duties can really get some good points even in that game. Yeah, Brown has really good base. The good thing about owning Brown, and I've got Dylan Brown and Moses, which most people think is a nervy thing to do, but I'm I'm comfortable with Brown. Moses is the risk. Uh, Brown's got solid base. And just for mention, there's a couple other halves that I want to mention. I think Hines has a really lovely draw as well, who I think, although he has a buy in round five, um, but I really like Sammy Walker this year. If you're looking for a pod, Walker has a real – I just think – I mean, the Roosters have uh, – stuffed me up for the last two years. I've started too many roosters and I'm not doing it again. I, I said last year, no roosters. <laughs> I'm done with them. Um, they just seem to start slow, but I really like Swalker as well. Yeah, I think so the, last three, the last three years it's been, oh, this is the roosters year. They've got a good team. And on paper, they bloody do, but they do get hit pretty, hit pretty hard with injury. And yeah. they don't, I reckon, like everyone's going to say it again this year, they've got a pretty solid team again. And I just don't know. They have to turn up eventually, surely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Broad, mate, anyone different from us, mate? No, no. I, I obviously like Moses, um, but obviously I think Hines will still outscore him. Um, yeah. And, you know, like you, Glenn, I've got them both at the moment. Yeah. Um, I just think it's too juicy not to. 300k yeah. there is, you know, obviously where I've, I can afford to have Tino instead of a cheapie in the front row, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking at the first two games of um, last year. Cleary had 45 and then 54. He doesn't start the season very, very strong. Um, yeah. In saying that, in game three, he got like 120. So <laughs> but, um, that's just from memory. It could be wrong, but don't fact check me on that. But I remember he started off with two very average games. So I feel yeah, like Jerry. less. I feel less scared. I feel less scared about not having Cleary the first two games than I do of not having Hines. Okay, I... I'm scared to not start Cleary, but I'm going to – I I feel that you've got to earn the right to get these players. And I think too many people this year are going Grant, Hines, Brown, Cleary, Turbo, Latrell, whoever it may be in the back line. And that's like a fifth of – like that's nearly 4 or $5 million you're talking there out of a $13 million salary cap. And you've got to scatter the rest between it. So you've got to make sacrifices somewhere. And, uh, and like doing it with Cleary or Hines, Hines has the better draw. Uh, he's been the top point scorer two years running. So Hines stays in my side and I had to sacrifice one and it was Cleary. And the draw for Moses is just nice. It really is. Yeah, if we could all look at something, look at Manly and uh, look what they do, yeah? They spend their budget on $5 million, $6 million on four or five players, never make yeah. finals. So. <laughs> That's right, yeah, well, there you go. I, I just on Manly, though, people are going to laugh at this, but I'm going to be the one to say it. Luke Brooks will have a standout year. Fuck what All right, God. you watch. Get out of here. So much All potential. Right. <laughs> shit, that's a time. Luke Brooks is shit out. DC and Turbo in that side will free him up. I don't think he's a super coach option, as a lot of people are going, because I feel DC and Turbo will steal the points as a super coach perspective. But I think as a, from a football perspective, I think you'll see him take the line on a lot more this year, which will open up players like Tommy Turbo. And uh, I think Manly will see it. You'll be surprised how he goes this year. He's a good player. He just hasn't – he's not a leader. It's like Milford. You unlock Milford when you stop him being a half and you, and you make him a 5-8. It's the same with Brooksy. He's 30 years old and still on the Emerging Blue squad. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, rightly so. He should be the five eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I will. I will say one thing that I did. I know you guys know that I'm more of an eye test kind of guy rather than a, um, a stats kind of guy, but. I did notice he got moved um, last year to 5'8 a few games. And when he started running the ball, he did look threatening at points. So yeah. um, I, I don't know if he could be sustainable, but he did look threatening as a ball runner, which is normally what you associate with a 5'8 position, um, especially having someone like DCE, who's that game controller. I think um, he could potentially get some jag, jag some points, but I am just not sold just yet so i think the way manly pay will be good for him and i think though it, like it, it pains me to say this the tiger supporter but he'll get better forward momentum which opens up the backs you know you look at the tigers forwards on paper and they're actually got a really good forward pack but um th that wasn't translating to um you know rugby league i mean they've got a really good nine there too at by Coruscant now and he, when he plays well tigers play well <laughs> but yeah, I think Brooks. I'm keen to watch him this year play for Manly. Like even though he's playing for the side I hate, I just want to see him do well. Quite yeah. a few people. <clears throat> All right. Before we move on to the five eights, guys, I've got a quick question in the comments here. So ASAP Oki Christian Tor Christian. I can't even try to say his name properly. Christian Tupolotu reported to be leaving for Manly from Manly for the Dragons. Are we staying away from Dragons players unless it's a cheap forward, or is it just too early to say, guys? Do you reckon? I think there could be a couple of cheap um, wingers like uh, Max Figai, one of those two players. If they get a run, I mean, they might be worth it points per dollar. But, um, yeah, other than that, I wouldn't be touching much from that side. Well, you know, I, uh, a bit. Go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say. Oh, mate, I'm only uh, looking at, depending on, you know, Flano. where the rest of my sides, it will be Flano, just at the 300. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, if I don't he, um, hate Flano. And look, Lomax gets that fullback role. If you're looking oh, for a pod, Lomax could be okay as well. I'll, I'll be on Lomax if he gets that fullback spot. Yeah, I mean, on yeah. him every year anyway. But I'll start with him in the this year if he gets that fullback spot. Yeah, absolutely. And kicking. Yeah. I'm getting a bit sidetracked, I guess, from the question. But I will say there's one player that I kind of don't mind. Um, but I'm going a different direction. But if you want to save a bit of money and go... Um, Someone like a, one of your guns in the centre wing is, uh, is it Dan Russell, uh, second row oh, centre yeah. wing. If he gets a starting spot on the edge there, uh, I think he's around the four ninety eight mark from memory. Uh, might be a good option to have in your centre wing there. I've left one out actually. Jack DeBellin's not a bad shout, and um, and even Greg, uh, Bird. Like so, if you're looking for like if Bird was to get the jersey jewel this year, I can't remember. Yeah, but I think he's playing centres. Glenn. Oh yeah, so you yeah. only want him in the second row or in the in the middle. But uh, but I don't hate Jack DeBellin. From my memory, his price range was quite good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the five eights, guys, and I'll go to you, Glenn, this time. I'm pretty sure we know the answer. Who's your top scoring five eight after round six? Yeah, I like Moses. Ah, oh, sorry, uh, Brown, Dylan Brown. Um, but. I, I've forgotten his name now, and I, ha I didn't write down the other 5-8. I'm trying to get the 5-8 from the Cowboys. Dearden. Dearden. Mm -hmm. I think Dearden could be a, a very interesting pod move if you wanted to, a 5-8 that scores high in the first eight rounds. I think Dearden would be my shout and then Dylan Brown. And that was my shout there, was Dearden. Dearden. Oh, there you go. I, I think it's a good shout, mate. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I, I've got Brown in my team as my um as my pick as well. 
Um, and a lot of people are going to... There's one player that I had as an honourable mention who, if on his day and um, can potentially, and with that new back line, uh, Cody Walker. I know people are talking yeah. about him being pretty overpriced, and I think they're right. I wouldn't start with him. But there's a potential there with him and combining with that left edge when Whiten's there. I think it could be... It could mean yeah. some big scores that way. But does does Whiten take points from him? Does you know I mean I know the trail takes points from him, but when they all work together, are they gonna start stealing points and is it gonna be more negative to his score? What are your thoughts there? You look at that left edge, mate. You've got Walker, Kalama Tungi, Jack Whiten, Alex Johnson with Latrell Mitchell coming up playing uh, as he does on that left edge. That's a lethal left edge. But you're right. I, I see um they, they create really good space out for AJ, and I, I feel like Whiten could get lost, lose points out of that. And I think Kalama Tungi likes to take the line on. So there could, but there could be some short balls from Walker to Kalama Tungi that gets him through. So I, I like that shout, Dan. Mm. Even though he's older than I am. Yeah, oh, he'd be pretty brave to do so. I think he doesn't have the best starts of recent times. He used to start the season as strong, but I think. He's been a bit um, hit and miss lately. Or was it last year? I don't know what it was. He was making all this space and then chucking that pass. And then it was yeah, just going behind the, behind the winger every single time. I'm always, I was like, what's going on, Cody? He was overplaying his hand. That's what he was yeah. doing last year. He was tr- like, they were really struggling to get forward momentum. And it's a shame because <laughs> they've got one of the best dummy halves in the game, running running half, dummy halves in the game. And they've literally um, turned him into a ball delivery because they got, they're so strong on their left edge and even on their right edge with Campbell Graham and co. So they've literally got him just getting it left, getting it right quickly to get the halves that ball quickly. And it's really negated um, Cookie as well, which is a shame. And and because of that, not getting a forward momentum, they were really beaten in the forwards, I thought, last year. But Totola was out for a fair whack as well from memory. Mm, yeah, a few head knocks for Totola. And, yeah. and who's that other player that they got from Canberra that plays hooker as well as Locke? Havili. Yeah, he was out as well. Him back in the side, I think, will be huge for the Rabbits. Yeah, definitely. Um, and while we're on 5 eights, let's um, we've got a question here from ASAP Hockey. Ezra, man, I'll go to you, Brod. You're the Broncos fan, mate. What are your thoughts there? Look, we all saw what Ezra can do um, in that grand final. And, I, and, you know, another year on, I just think, and I'll, I'll say it, him and Walsh just together, um, they're going to create havoc. The only thing is that Ezra scores a lot of the points himself. Um, if he takes it on, there's not much of the assisting coming from him at the moment with Reese out the back. So if you're going as Ezra, yeah, he'll have the games that you'll score your 140s. But again, there's other games that those that Reynolds and Walsh will obviously hog the ball and he'll only come out with 30s. So... Yeah, I think Do you know what I would point. like him to add in these stats? The base. There is base in some of them, like a lot of them, if you go. Yeah, I probably still need to work it out. Yeah, I'm need, you, it. We need to get Adrian to run a class, I think. But, um, yeah, yeah, the stats, the stats, the stats yeah. are that good, mate, that it says how many times they've have, had a concussion. Mm. Who remembers yeah, that? Right. Nice. Yeah, there's actually four pages. Yeah. There's actually, yeah, there's actually a stat here that's like it's base, and then for someone like Cleary, it has base without kicking as well because there's yeah, a right. he hasn't kicked. So it's very detailed stats there, guys. Yeah, base, then base attack. Yeah. So, yeah. um, all righty, let's move on to center wings. Um, Broad, mate, who do you think is the top scoring center wing after round six? Oh, 
Um, I'd say Lomax if he gets a kicking job um, in the fullback spot. Mm. Um, but if not, I don't know, probably pretty plain, but Greg Marzu. So, mm. one of those ones that's obviously a bit higher priced, um, but you're probably going to try and find a space for him. And I'm sure one of you will say Val Holmes, so I'll stay away. Well, it's kind of sported now, if that's the case, isn't it? So, uh, Glenn, mate, uh, any other anything different, mate? Yeah, well, I had Marzu down, but I like Dominic Young. I think Dominic Young could have a bit of a day out. I think Alex Johnson on that left edge. I just think that left edge is lethal, and even Campbell Graham on that right. Campbell Graham, um, you know, incredible base, and all he needs is to cross over to get a, a solid uh, big score. But yeah, I, I've actually written down Alex Johnson based on that um, on that edge, that left edge. I really like that edge. Hmm. Yeah, I went boring as hell and went Marzu um, with a close second to um, to Holmes, just with the kicking yeah. and that opening draw. Both both teams have a pretty decent opening draw, um, and I think the kicking. I just didn't think the kicking was enough to overcome uh, Marzu's try scoring ability with Ponga in the team. I also so, think Targo. Targo, yeah. Yeah, Targo from the Panthers. He has a habit of going on runs and then he goes on those boring runs for a bit. But I think yeah. at the start, I think those runs normally start at the start of the season. Remember last yeah, yeah. year, he started off real strong. And points yeah, per dollar, you know, get on the young Bronco that will get that that last swing spot. So, no, no, the Pereira. Oh, yeah, Pereira. I'm a big fan of Pereira. I think he's an incredible player. Yeah, he was Sorry. a price machine at Dragons, and that's the Dragons. Yeah. Do we do we think he gets that last spot, or is it going to be going to Oates? No, no. The, what's what's the guy's name, the the quick one? Um, Jake Arthur, isn't it? I'm having a mind blank here. DeLuise Hoyter. DeLuise oh, yeah. Hoyter. If he gets a spot, so, I like the look of him. Or, yeah, or Mariner. I think Hoyter or Mariner will get the spot. And one of them will, will absolutely kill it on that on that edge outside Stags. Yeah, I don't know if I can have two Broncos wingers, though. Cause, but then in saying that, you're, you're always going to be happy because there's Broncos play one side every game. Like they, 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 they might play different sides each game, but it's always the one side. So you're always getting really sad when we, we all had this in the past when we've been, everyone owned Stags and Cobo and they all went left and didn't go right. So, yeah. Based on draw two, I don't mind um, Mulatalo or Akatoa. Yeah, I, I, I at one point I was experimenting um, and I had Ronaldo on my team and then I was like, wait a minute, Katoa's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Like, and Katoa's on that, um, the right edge, isn't he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah right edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's all just going to come down to Pick who you who you, you think, um, and just trust it because there's so many. As you can see, the center wing, there's so many options out there. I think just depends who and, gets on that run and. And I would suggest you only go one premium because, uh, as we all know, center wing makes money the fastest at the at the beginning of the mm. season. So you know you want to get all those ones in that are going to make you cash in that center wing position. And uh, I usually go one premium at center wing, and then the rest are usually about making money. Yeah, I, I, I've 
I think that um, my decision for my gun, that I will I will have the one gun in center wing, my decision's going to yeah. be made after TLT, depending on how much money I have left. I think right now, and we haven't mentioned him yet, but I like his draw as well, he's uh, Bradman's best. I've got yeah, him in my team now, yeah. um, but if I if there's enough cheapies that rock up on TLT, day, I potentially may try to upgrade to Mazu. Um, yeah. So I think the yeah, whatever, whatever cheapies are available, whatever cheapies are available, it's going to all. It's, that's what's going to be the reason for my gun center wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I have this myself at the moment. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, he's points per dollar. He's like if he can get some of those points and work with Ponga, uh, I think that Marzu is the beneficiary of more points. But I think if Best can get some of those points, it's going to be pretty solid for that price he is. And what makes um, Marzu so good is he's got incredible base, bringing the ball back from that wing position, you know, like he brings the ball back like a forward. You could actually say rather than going, I actually considered instead of going Eli Katoa, going Marzu, you know what mm. I mean? It was, you know, half a dozen, one, six, the other. Depending on what comes out on team list day, if there's enough second rowers that I can take Katoa out, I will go best to, um, to Marzu. Yeah. All right. Last position, guys. I'm pretty sure this one might get a bit of conjecture because there's quite a good few options here. And fullback, um, Broad, mate, who's your number one fullback for six rounds? Uh, it's Ponga. I think he's just yeah going to have if he stays fit and that draw. I think it's him. Um, obviously, my heart tells me Reese Walsh, just because hopefully we're smashing teams. But I mean, again, so many options out there. I think uh, if Puppy gets his kicking back and he comes back fit, we all know <laughs> what he can do. So that's where uh, that's where I think the pod play is going to be. But you're not going to be playing a pod because they're all so good. So yeah. that's right. It's going to be um, pretty a lot of different fullbacks combinations in Supercoach teams this year. There's so many good options. It used to be like the two or three that we had, and now it's just blown out to what have we got. We've got Teddy, we've got Latrell, we've got Turbo, we've got Ponga, we've got Reese Walsh, we've got Drinkwater we could even throw in there as well. We've got some bloody guns, and then and there's Puppy. There's so many now, it's ridiculous. It's gone to the point where um, even someone like a Dylan Edwards, who's quite average, but can get a decent score on his day as well. They're all sticking out like sore thumbs. CMK, Gutho with yeah. that early draw. Yeah, Gutho's just... is a gun in the start of the year too. That's the thing. It's ridiculous some of the stuff that we've got there. So, Glenn, anything else, mate? Anything different? Well, I, I actually really like Latrell and Turbo. Uh, so I think Ponga will be the number one scorer. So we'll, we all agree there. But I, I'm going to be watching the trials very close, and I'll be watching Latrell, Turbo, and Puppenhausen as to who's my next one in because I really like that left edge. I really like how Latrell's looking at the moment. I like the words that are coming out of his mouth. You know, he wants to have a big season and, all, and, and get more involved. But, but Turbo, mate, we all know what Turbo's like. And that manly side, I just think I, I really believe Brooks will open up holes that will, that will help Turbo. And... Um, you mark my words on it. If Turbo's fit and firing, he'll be in my side and he'll have a big season. And, and hey, Glenn, what did, what did Latrell say this time last year? Uh, probably everything he's saying this year. <laughs> oh, no, it's just... He, he still scored all right this last year, though, as well, so okay, it's a good sign. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just... You, we all, we all know goal, how good he could be. Back. He could be the best fullback in the game if he wanted to be. 
Yeah, well, he could be if he wasn't so lazy. But I think Jack Whiten will open it up for him as well. I think Whiten in the side can see them two connecting a lot. And they're both hard. They're, they're both players that demand more than one defender. When you have a left side like Kaloma Tungi and, and Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten running the ball, you're going to have to really be on your game on that right side to to lock them up. Because you've seen Latrell take three players over. You've seen Jack Whiten do it and Kaloma Tungi do it. And uh, so I only need one of them to pop the ball up to the other one and they're away. And so I, I really see um, Latrell having a big year. And Turbo, I just, I, I just can feel something in Turbo this year. I really do. Yeah, watching I, the think, I think we're all in agreement. It's, again, who you take. So let's just hope they get on a run. So yeah, that's right. It'd be a good luck to everybody. That, picking that right pick fullback would be imperative. If you pick the wrong one, you're going to be behind pretty quick. Yeah, so and that's that's probably a, a strategy you can think of potentially as well. If you pick the wrong one, why not? Someone's gonna pick the wrong one. Why not pick the more expensive ones? Um, and then potentially when you if that more expensive one is the wrong one, you can easily downgrade. That's so right, you go, absolutely. Go, you go someone like a I'm going Ponger, no doubt. That's where I'm going. Um, I can go Ponger and Turbo. Let's say Turbo has an injury. Turbo has a horrible start. So knock on wood because we love me, I love me some Turbo. If he, if he has a bad start, then I can go down to Puppenhausen. You know what I mean? So could be yeah. an option as a, to leave yourself open some options and some future plans. Watch the trials closely, people watching this show, because the trials, every year, if you watch them trials closer, you'll see a centre wing that stands up that doesn't, you, you know, you'll see a fullback who's just in form. You know, watch who's running to you early because that a lot of that form going in early is important. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's funny, funny you mentioned that because I think it was um, one year, what was it, what's the All-Stars game? And I think it was uh, Jesse Ramian broke the record for most tackle bus in one game at the start of the yeah, preseason yeah. game. And he had a yeah. cracker of a year that year. So it's definitely – and no one even thought about looking at Jesse Ramian until that game. So those trial matches are really, really important to watch. And it's, I think – I know it's a bit a bit of fun and play, fun and games, but with that preseason competition that they have, it makes the games a bit more exciting because they're, they're they've got something to play for. They're putting more players in there, um, and it's more televised, which is even better. So yeah, love it. All right, guys, that's pretty much all the teams wrapped up nice and neatly. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we say good night? No, not really. But um, next week, what are we doing next week? Let people next know. Week we're- Next week, we're going to try and continue the theme of getting off to a good start, but we're going to talk about the best players we think are going to make the most money. So not just cheapies. Yeah. We're talking about people that even mid-rangers, even yeah, just yeah. players that will make you the most cash, biggest cash increase from round one yeah. to round six. Um, if you can nail the best points, the most value, and you're going to have a great start and a great year, sustainable year, which is what is more important. So, yeah, revenue is key early, guys. Like, if you want to do good at Supercoach, your revenue, your first 13 rounds, it's all about making coin. You know, points is good, obviously. You want to stay, you know, but if you're making coin, you should be making points as well because obviously your players have to score well to get make you the money. So, mm. but also, I think that's why I wanted to start with points first because, um, not so much because it's more important. Because if we get the points, we don't need to worry about those buy games at the start of the year. You can make your trades at the start of the year to focus on the value. And you've got, the all, yeah. you've got your guys ticking over, doing your points. You don't need to worry about swapping and changing your guns. You can just make those trades for money and cash cash turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Right. Thanks, boys. 
All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks, guys, for joining. Appreciate the insight and always love the stats and analysis. See you guys next week. Peace out. Thanks.